What was the key line, if you could hear it? You have no power over me. You have no power over me. This has no power over me. My fear has no power over me. What excites me so much about denials as they're used by unity is that it's not magic. Affirmations are not magic. Affirmations are an exercise in training your brain how to think. They're an exercise that says, this is what I'm creating. Oh yeah, did I tell you this is what I'm creating? Oh, wait a minute. This is what I'm creating. Did I mention this is what I'm creating? We are creating a neuropathway by repetition and by affirmation so that everything else in the chemistry of our body that's following our mental computer follows it. Because now we know this is what we're creating. It's not magic. It's not magic. It's, it's physiological and spiritually interlocked with the divine computer. It's programming. And we're in charge of it. And a denial works under the same premise that when we deny something, we determine that that is not the way we want it to be. And we remove the power. What happens after that happens because we're connected to oneness, because there's a divine computer we're all connected to. There's a divine presence that we sometimes call God. Sometimes we call it energy. Sometimes we call it the universe. However we relate, we're speaking to a field of being that we are interlocked with. And much of what happens in our life is illusionary. Much of what goes on, for example, we talked last week about our propensity to live in the future rather than in the moment. So instead of addressing our fear in the moment that we might fall off a cliff and stepping back so that we don't, we're usually addressing our fear that next week when we're driving down the road, who knows what could happen? We might get hit by a Mack truck. We're living far ahead of our present moment. So in order to use affirmations or denials, we have to do that in this moment. And when Myrtle and Charles, our co-founders, were working on the healing principles, they used both affirmations and denials. The statement we heard from Myrtle is, I am a child of God, affirmation, I did not inherit sickness. Denial. You see? These two pieces are very important. I am a child of God. I did not inherit illness. That statement allows for for, uh, a connection with the universal force that allows us to make things different. And all of us in unity have the same kinds of things going on because we live in the 21st century and we have 21st century challenges. Wherever we are in our life progress, our degree of challenge may be different. So you may be far enough along that you are settled into your retirement, you're working with with whatever your income is, and you've 
you've settled your life into that in a comfortable way. Your income may work. Or you may be at a different place in life and worrying about how you're going to generate income or how much income you need for retirement or any of that stuff. But what is true is we all have a consciousness around having enough, don't we? Are we going to be able to take care of ourselves well? We all have a consciousness around our health. Am I going to be healthy? Am I eating the right foods? Am I not eating the right foods? Am I sleeping enough? What kind of toxic chemicals am I exposed to on a daily basis? These are things that apply to everybody in the room, not just one. What kind of relationships will I have? Who will I allow to interact with me? Who gets to influence how I feel? Who gets to have an influence on how I feel? All of these things are common and all of these things can be met with affirmations and denials. So if you look up denial in Mr. Webster's book, a denial is to, um, you deny something when you decide that someone else can't have it. I'm denying you chocolate milk today. No chocolate milk for anybody. Maybe hot cocoa would be better. No hot cocoa. We don't have a great response to that kind of denial. We grew up, many of us, in a faith that taught us that what was sacred and holy was that we denied ourselves the things of the physical. And the more we denied ourselves the things of the physical, the more we would be closer to God. Anybody have that experience? A couple of you. So knowing what you know about God today, would you think that's what the holy presence would want of us, that we would deny ourselves in order to reach some state of holiness. Some of you are awake and some of you aren't. <laughs> and it's okay if you're resting, it's okay with me, I get it. There, there is a, um, a need to look at this and look what you were taught and consider how you feel when the word denial comes up. Because... For some of us, denying things from ourselves feels like the best way to be close to God. If I deny myself food, if I deny myself sleep, if I deny myself the ability to spend my money as I want to, whatever it is I do, I am keeping myself pure and holy by not integrating into the world very well. By keeping my mind on the world that is outside of this world. And that separation is an interesting thing for us to talk about. And, and it's interesting, every time I come to do this, every time we come back to this in a year and we talk about it, I have people who say, don't we know this yet? Why are we saying this again? Don't we know this yet? In here, yes. In here we know that we are one with God. Up here, we've got that concept. In our day-to-day -day living, if at any point in the last, let's just say, 10 days, you have felt a victim to a person, place, thing, or circumstance, then it hasn't moved from here to here yet. That knowledge has not moved. Because if the knowledge moved that you were one with God, which means that you're creating your world, you could use affirmations and denials. You could say, whatever that is, has no power over me. That bill collector, that bill collector has no power over me. 
their calling. They have no power over me. I get to decide how I feel, what I'm doing, what I want to do. Right? That illness, that discomfort in my body, it doesn't get to decide who I am. I get to decide who I am. So this is not make-believe. We're not saying, I mean, you guys were here a couple weeks ago when I had no voice. We're not saying, this illness has no power over me. I am no longer sick. Snap my fingers. There's my voice again. That's not what we're saying. We're saying who I will be and what I will believe about life and about presence and about existence does not change because this is going on. This illness has no power over my ability to see myself interconnected with God. And if I'm interconnected with the divine, if I'm interconnected with all life, then this experience has value and worth, and I should observe it and participate in it and see it for the good it brings. It changes our perception to deny power to something. What I loved about this video clip, my favorite part is, the moment she said, you have no power over me, the, the goblin king dissolved. So I want you to close your eyes, sit up straight in your chair, and think of something that really gets under your skin. Could be a person, could be a place, could be a circumstance be something you have felt out of control of. Now I want you to say with me, this has no power over me, like you mean it. Ready? This has no power over me. Now notice the state of your body. Now say it again. This has no power over me. Now, this time I want you to say it like the Goblin King is standing in front of you. Ready? This has no power over me. How does it feel? It feels good, doesn't it? It changes how your body feels. Gently open your eyes. Here's another really good denial there is no evil. Oh, <laughs> they went, what? <laughs> Just say it. There is no evil. There is no evil. How would your perception of politics change if you really believe that? I'm 100% serious. From the perspective of there is no evil, there can only be people trying to do good. It may not be the good that we would like them to do. It may not be the good that we think is good. But if there is no evil, this changes all those things we want to vilify. There's just difference. And from a point of difference, we can have a conversation. From a point of evil and good, we cannot. This is hugely important to how we move forward in the world. There is no evil. If there is only God and God is good, there is no evil. There are, there's error thinking. 
There is missing the mark. There is sickness that is not treated. There are many things, but they come from a base of what is holy and what is good. And how we think about them changes our ability to move through life and handle them. If we look at something as evil, we will feel victimized by it. And we will feel we have no control. If we claim our power and determine that there is no evil in the world, then we have to look through a different filter at what we're handling. We have to change our perceptions of people and circumstances. This came up on the Unity Minister's discussion list, which is a private list with about 300 of us on the list. And it's a Facebook list. We talk daily about all kinds of things. And the question that came up was, do you believe there is a Satan? Which, of course, Unity says there is not. There's not. So here's my thinking on this. I'd love to know your thinking. My thinking is, how can we say that by our thoughts, we create something and know how many people in the world believe there is this evil force fighting against us, and then turn around and say, yeah, but everything except that. We can create everything except that evil force. There's an awful lot of people out there believing there is an evil force working against us, isn't there? Aren't there? Isn't there? There, there is a lot there. So do we acknowledge it or do we deny it? Ooh, another good question. I acknowledge that some people choose to put themselves in a position of believing something, something evil is controlling their life. I choose not to have that in mind. I choose not to have that in my world. I feel absolutely, totally empowered to say that, that thought, no matter how many people have it, has no power over me, does not exist in my plane of existence. And if I am God walking on the planet, exercising my divine power, if in this moment I am the center of the universal mind, able to say yes or no, then I say no. Not allowed on my planet or in my universe, thank you. Not allowed. So does this change what everybody else is doing? I think it does ultimately. It may not today, but I do think in the same way that we look at butterfly wings over here causing a hurricane over here, I think it has power. I think one of the great responsibilities that we have in unity is to really understand how tremendously powerful we are. When we choose to stand in our Christ consciousness, in our creator spirit, plugged into the presence that is the oneness of God. What if you are the one brain cell in all of God that actually controls whether there's something evil or not. What if you are? That's a big job. I'm hoping you're denying it. This, we're not saying there is no evil in the world. There are things that people perceive as evil. We're saying this belief in something evil has no power over me. It has no power. I see no evil. There is no evil in the world 
as I experience it. And we're making a difference. And it's not pretend. It's perception. And this is a really important thing to get because from the place of there is no evil, we think differently. From the place of this has no power over me, I am capable of doing something. Last week we talked about what happens with fear. That when you are afraid, you, you, there's a whole thing that happens biologically to you. Your chemistry in your body changes. You move from your thinking brain to your reptilian brain so that you can fight or flee. The oxygenated blood in your body starts to move away from the core, from your brain, from your lungs, and away from your core out to your limbs so that you can fight, which means you don't breathe well, you don't think well, you don't digest anything, your stomach starts to hurt. All of that happens when you move into fear. When you say to yourself, this has no power over me, it changes your relationship with fear, doesn't it? This has no power over me. When that happens, you maintain your ability to breathe differently. You maintain oxygen in your blood, which means your brain works better. Your blood can stay in the core of your being, and you can make good choices about how you move forward. You can give your body the strength to heal. Some of you know this. A few, I haven't made a big deal about it here, but um, we went through a bit of a cancer scare with our 12-year-old this year, which is those two words, should, those two things should never come together. Cancer and 12, this should, these are two things that should never meet. Um, we had to have a little mole re- removed, and uh, when they did it, they found some very... Uh, ugly, nasty cells in there. And they wanted to go back in and take a, about a two-inch piece of skin from, from about here to here on the back of his head. And he's 12 going on 35. And he said, no. He said, Mom, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. I'm not letting them do that to me. That's not happening. Which is a huge conundrum for a mom. You know, this is a huge, like, what do I do now when my 12-year-old says no because he's too big to hold down on the table? What am I going to teach him? Am I going to let him have choice or am I going to let my, my fear move me forward? These principles work in the most difficult circumstance. In that moment, being able to say, my fear has no power over me, what, what's going on in my belly? What is the right thing to do for him? Allowed me to see past my fear of what's going to happen five years from now to this moment. He believes he's perfectly well. His little 12-year-old body is getting that message clear and loud and strong, and I don't want to mess with that message because he's controlling that, that little machine. And he believes he's fine. And the doctor said, well, let's look at it every three months. Let's take a look and let's watch and let's do what we're going to do. And he said, you can do that, but I'm fine. So we will take the steps to check. But if I want to teach my child something at all, it's that he knows his body better than anybody else. And if in the event... We get to the other side of this and he has to go through something more. 
This is his body and his life and his choice. He has a much better chance of surviving something traumatic if he's been empowered to know his body than if I disempower him at 12 years old. But I can absolutely tell you if I had not had in my heart clarity around denials, I would not have made it through that couple of weeks. These denials have power. The denial changes your state of being, lets you come to a different place of thinking. To deny is to say no. No, that is not the reality I'm living into. I am not in danger. Maybe I don't have the money for rent this month, and that has no power over my sense that I am in the arms, presence, and heart of a loving God. So I will be okay somehow. My job is to open my eyes and see how. In this community, we have people who don't know where they're going to live next week. In this community, we have people who are struggling for food. Interestingly, talking with Brenda, who does a lot of work for us over at Westside Cares, the biggest reason people are going to Westside Cares right now is because they don't have enough food. Wow. We have people in our community who don't have enough food. It's real here. We have people facing terminal illness, caring for dying parents, facing sickness in their children. We have every real-life situation you can think of. People who are concerned because they have relatives in New York who can't get out of their seven-foot snowbound home right now in our community. This is real stuff. How you use your words and your thoughts make a difference in how you move forward through your life experience, in your ability to have full function of all of the wisdom that is available in your indwelling heart, in that holy temple inside of you. This has no power over me. You have no power over me. Whatever is going on, it has no power over me. There is no evil. There is only good. So whatever I'm seeing is a manifestation of good somehow. How can I find the good in it? What is the good that is available to me in this? It doesn't mean the bad thing didn't happen to you. Some of us have horrid things that have happened in our history. Sometimes the thing that allows us to survive that is looking and realizing who we are today as a result of what we went through. How we're able to be of service to other people going through the similar experience, how we're able to move through our lives because we were torn open young enough that what we bring forward is rich and deep and a lifetime worth of gained wisdom makes a difference how we choose to do our thoughts and what we choose to empower. And these denials are a powerful tool. So I will remind you of them every year. I'll remind you to come back to them because it's easy to remember affirmations and hard to remember denials. And the denials make all the difference in the world. We have some quotes on power to share 
Elie Weissel said, ultimately the only power to which man should aspire is that which he exercises over himself. Margaret Thatcher said, being powerful is like being a lady. If you have to tell people you are, you aren't. Seneca said, most powerful is he who has himself in his own power. And Susan Polis Schultz said, this life is yours. Take the power to choose what you want to do and do it well. Take the power to love what you want in life and love it honestly. Take the power to walk in the forest and be a part of nature. Take the power to control your own life. No one else can do it for you. Take the power to make your life happy.